and we're going to be talking about for this whole month uh, how to make how, how to make ensure that uh, next time is not like a repeat of last time. Uh, it's going to be a good series. And so, you know, the first video about the instructions, uh, we tease, you know, but here's, here's the truth about instructions. Directions, those are for people who want to get it right the first time, right? Are you with me? That, that's, what, that's what instructions are for, the people that want to get it right the first time. The rest of us, man, we'll figure it out second, third, fourth time, some cases, right? And directions are for people who don't know the joy of reassembling. Anybody been there before, right? Reassemble Christmas Day. You're trying to figure out how to put your your kids' toys together. Um, I bought a bike for my, my my one of my daughters this summer, and we we're assembling it. And I was looking at some reviews, and uh, there was just one person that was so mad at the bike company um, because the the wheel was put backwards. And somebody responds like, "Sir, didn't you put the bike together?" I'm like, "Yes, I did." He's like, "So then it's your fault, not the bike's company." Because sometimes we just don't know the joy of reassembling when we ignore the directions. And then directions are for people who don't have time to start over, right? Like, we're in a rush. We just got to go. We'll figure this out as we go along. And that, so directions are just for those people. Well, today, good news, and we're going to be talking about some principles that are going to help you discover how to make sure that next time is better than last time, all right? How to sure next time won't be like last time. Um, in my life, whenever I follow these principles that we'll be talking about this month, things go good for me. I look back and I say, I'm so glad that I, I, I implemented these principles. I'm so glad that I, I went slow at this, these points in my life. And every time that I didn't follow these principles, I ignored them, I look back and I think, man, if I would have just waited another week, if I would have waited another month, in some cases maybe two years, I would have been in a way better situation, better, better position to be able to, to be more successful. When, I, when we ignore these principles, we just repeat or we make our future less, uh, not as good as it could be because we ignore what's, what, what the, the best that could be there. Uh, so whether it's a relationship whether it's a job that you're starting over, a relationship, maybe you're in school, the new season for you in school, um, whatever it is. Maybe, maybe you're, you're, you're facing something in life and you're having to start over and it might have been your fault, might have been somebody else's fault. But if we're honest, it's always somebody else's fault, right? The reason we're starting over or the reason we're in this situation. Um, and so in our lives, we know this. It's easy to watch others and it's easy to point out like where they're missing it. But sometimes in our own lives, it's hard. Well, today I want to give some principles about well, what if we took these to heart and, and begin to implement our lives, I guarantee our decisions that we make will be much better than they were in the past and then be much better than they were even yesterday if we, if we apply these and put them into practice. Because uh, here's the truth. Uh, too many of us in our culture, we're in a rush always to go to the next thing that we don't slow down enough to really evaluate and know, is this the best thing I should be doing at this moment? Um, one of the things that I love to do as a pastor, one of the favorite, my favorite things as a pastor is, is to do premarital counseling. So when a, when a couple gets engaged, they want to get married, they come and say, hey, would you, would you do our ceremony? Actually, they say this, will you marry me? And then I, I say, I'm sorry, I'm already married. And then they laugh, like, ha, ha, ha. I'm like, no, I'm already married. But that, what they mean is, that was not funny. That's how they respond, right? <laughs> will you marry me? No, I'm already married. Um, it, you'll get it later. Some of you guys are maybe a little slow there. So I tell them that I'm already married. I joke with them. I says, Yo, you want me to do your ceremony? I say, yes, would you be the one that performs your ceremony? And so I walk him through this process. I say, okay, if, you want, if, if I'm going to, it's going to require some, some these weeks leading up to that, at least five, I would say probably seven weeks to make sure that we have a good ceremony. But it's, it's five weeks of, of marriage counseling, premarital counseling. Um, and I say, if you can go through that, then I'll, I'll consider doing your ceremony. Um, when I first started doing ceremony, I, didn't, I would do a little bit of counseling, but I just didn't think it was that important. And then the fourth ceremony I ever did, it was a young couple. They came, and week one, it was good. We had some good talks, conversations about relationships. And uh, week two, I began to see some yellow flags. Week three, I began to see some red flags. And uh, at this point, I started trying to put on the brakes, like, whoa, whoa, we need to slow down. Like, I don't think you guys are ready for this wedding. 
because um, they were young. They just weren't ready. And uh, basically, they told me, well, we already have our wedding date picked. I said, well, that's okay. You could pick another wedding date. Like, no, no. We already booked the venue. We put our deposit down. Uh, we bought, booked the food. We put the deposit down. We booked all these things. And they said, so uh, we'll lose all our money on deposits. So we have to go forward with it. And I was thinking, this is not a good idea. Uh, but there's a part of me that I believe in people. And I said, okay, well, we'll figure this out. As we move forward, we'll go ahead. And uh, if we can't figure it out before, we'll figure it after. Uh, well, long story short, I went ahead into the ceremony, even though I knew I don't want to be a part of this. I shouldn't be a part of this. Um, I was young at it, so I just I went forward. And uh, needless to say, their, their, their marriage didn't last one year. Uh, they, they, it ended before a year was up. And, and I could have helped them avoid that painful moment in their life if, if they would have listened and they would have said, I don't lose the money. It's better than losing a few hundred dollars than to go forward with something that's not going to work. So I learned from that experience. So now whenever I do premarital accounts, I tell the people, just because I'm doing this doesn't mean I'm going to do your ceremony. I hope I will, but if I see something along the, the counseling that, that's not healthy or good, I will, I'll put the brakes on. I'll slow us down. If not, uh, you can find somebody else because it's not service that I provide. It's, it's, I believe in ministry. I believe that it's an opportunity for me to speak into somebody's life. And so um, fast forward a few years after that, that fourth wedding ceremony I did. Now, you know, tons of wedding ceremonies and premarital counseling later. I get a couple that comes, and they say, hey, would you do our wedding ceremony? And I tell them what I just told you. Well, it's going to take at least five weeks, probably seven. If we have enough time, then we can go through with it. But it doesn't guarantee I'll do your ceremony. They say, okay, that's fine. Let's do it. So week one, I get in this, and I begin to see yellow flags week one. And I'm like, ooh, this is not good. So week two, I begin to see red flags. And I said, um, I, don't, I think we need to put the brakes on. I don't think this is good. I, there's, some, there's some things that aren't really – you're not ready for this. Um, and the, the, the challenge with this one was – both of these people have been in multiple marriages, they, so they've had multiples before. Um, and so their response was, oh, yeah, we, we've done this before. We get this. We know what to do. Um, and so I, I got so I said, I'm not going to repeat what I did that fourth wedding I did years ago. And so I said, I'm sorry. Um, if you want me to do your ceremony, I would say at least six months, but probably like a year, at least minimum, you'd put your wedding up and wait. Um, and they came back and said, we can't do that. We have our venue book. We have all the family invited invitations sent out. Uh, that would cost too much money. We can't. I said, well, it's better to lose a little bit of money than uh, to lose, to have a lot of pain and lose relationships in the future. And so they said, well, thank you for your advice, all that. We're going to go forward with it. So I bowed out, and I didn't do the ceremony. And um, needless to say, uh, this is the sad part, is they didn't even make it one month. Um, because if they would have paused and waited and said, what do you see that we're not seeing, they probably would have waited and it could have saved them a lot of heartache and, and a painful lesson in life. Um, and so here's, here's the, the whole point of this is this. When we're, we're talking about starting over. Um, and there's po- moments in our life that every one of us is going to start over. Um, some of you it's relationships, some of you it's a job. Some of you it's, it's a new season of life, new city. Um, whatever that looks like, there's going to be parts that we, we have this new start in life. Uh, well, well, the question that we're trying, the, the, what we're trying to address is how do you make sure that next time is gonna, not going to repeat last time? Um, and this month, we'll give you some principles on that. So if you're in this room, maybe you're thinking, well, I'm not really starting over anything. Um, but maybe in your life, maybe you're getting average results in work or average results in, in life. Uh, what if you can get better results and great results? Uh, these principles would give you that. Because we all have the choice to stay doing what we're doing or to do something better. And starting over just means that every day you get up and you say, how can I make this part of my life better than it was yesterday? How can I make this part of, of, of relationships better than it was yesterday? How can I be a better employer or better employer? How can I be a better student than I was last week? Um, and if you apply these principles, I guarantee that this next week will be better than last week. And this year could be better than last year. Um, otherwise, it's a good chance that you'll just repeat what you've always been doing until you begin to change that. Because here's the truth. 
whenever we find ourselves in a, a, a challenging situation, maybe a problem, something we faced, something we went through, some difficult situation, um, at some point, when, when, once we come out of it, we, and there's a little bit of pain there, we look back and, and we said, and we asked this question, when will I learn? Like, it seems like I keep making these same choices over and over, and I keep getting the same results. Like, when, when will I learn? And honestly, that is the best question you could ask yourself anytime you're on the, on the backside of, of a bad choice. The problem is, though, most people don't pause long enough to answer their own question, when will I learn? Because the common denominator in our choices is that word I. You're the common denominator. I'm the common denominator in every choice that we make. See, it's easy to blame everybody else, but really, the common denominator in these choices is I. And, and if we would just pause long enough to say, when will I really learn? Like, what am I going to learn from this? How can I make next time not, not repeat like last time? How can I make it better? What, what, what would it take to do that? Um, if we would do that, a lot of our mistakes would be avoided. If we would take somebody else's advice, if we would listen, if we would pay attention, because um, here's the truth. Life already has tons of challenges, and life always offers us these moments of, of lessons of pain, right? Just You don't have to try. They're going to come your way at some point. So why make it more difficult, and why make it more painful? Why add to that by making poor choices? So the, the series is going to address that and say, what if, this, what if we, we learned from our past, and what if we learned from other people's past, and what if we made the right choices going forward? Uh, so here's some things we have to address. When it comes to making choices, there's a few assumptions. I learned this from Andy Stanley. Um, there's these three myths, these three assumptions that we make about life. And if we don't address these, uh, we'll fall in the habit of continually thinking uh, that we already know better. Um, here's the first myth. The first myth is this. It's the experience myth. Uh, the experiment, experience myth says experience makes you wiser. Anybody heard that before? Experience makes you wiser? Well, here's, a, here's, the, here's the truth. That's not even true. Um, experience, if you have enough of it, you're older. Um, experience, well, you lose money. Uh, experience means maybe you've been married longer. Experience, maybe you have more jobs than anybody else. But it doesn't necessarily mean, necessarily mean that you're wiser. Because the truth is this. Um, evaluated experience makes you wiser. That's a key word there. If you don't add evaluated before experience, you will not become wiser. But if you will add evaluated experience, evaluated before experience, you'll, you'll you realize that going into the future, you'll actually begin to make wiser choices. Because the choice that we're making today, they, they go through this, this filter of are we going to learn from the past or are we just going to repeat the past? Um, and we think, well, I've, already, I've, I've, I've been down the road. You know, I'm, I'm this certain age or whatever. I, I, I shouldn't, I'm, I'm, I've had a lot of experience. But just an experience alone doesn't mean you're going to make a better choice or a wiser, a wiser choice. It just means you've had that experience. But if you evaluate it and ask, then you can possibly move forward. That couple I told you, the second couple, that didn't make it a month. If they would have said, okay, I've had these experiences, but maybe I haven't asked the question, really, what, you're, what, what I was trying to have them ask is, am I really ready? Why or why not? Um, if, they would, if they would evaluate it, they maybe would have saw something that they weren't seeing. Because uh, the truth is, especially when it's an emotional decision, uh, we are blinded to really what's going on. We're, we're filtering all of our choices through emotions and what we're feeling. Um, so that's myth number one, the experience one. Um, if, if we'll learn that, evaluate, it'll actually set us up for success. And if we don't evaluate, we'll be destined to repeat the same lesson we just went through if we don't evaluate. Myth number two is the, is the no better myth. This is the knowledge myth. The no better myth means this. It says this, since I know better, I'll do better. Like, yeah, I, I remember that. That was a painful lesson. I, I know better now. I'm going to do better. Well, the, the sad truth, that doesn't always translate into a better choice. In fact, you, if you ever told a kid, if you ever had to correct a kid or tell them they didn't do something right, what, how do they respond, right, when, when you're correcting them? I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. 
I know, I know, I know, I know, right? They just keep saying it over and over like they're trying to convince you or convince themselves or convince somebody that they figured it out. But the truth is just because they know that hurts doesn't mean they're going to have the strength to do the right thing next time. It doesn't mean they even have the knowledge of how to do it right the next time. It just means they have, they have more knowledge. It doesn't mean they're going to do better. They might actually repeat it if they don't learn some, some tools in the process of that. So since you know better, it doesn't always mean you'll do better. Uh, both those couples, they told me, I know better, so I'm going to do better. And the truth was, neither of them were ready for it because they weren't slowing down enough. The truth is this, know better does not equal do better. And you have to, you have to get that in your heart. Just because I know better doesn't mean I'm actually going to do better because we're having to go and filter through a lot of things in our lives. Uh, knowing doesn't mean doing. It doesn't equate the same thing. Knowing something doesn't mean you're going to do the right thing. Um, but um, what you must do to ensure that next time won't, re- next time won't be repeated of last time um, you have to begin to make some ch- decisions and say, how can I learn? And a lot of times it takes others to help you n- learn what you need to learn in that situation. Just because you know doesn't mean now you have to translate into a better decision. Uh, doesn't mean we'll have the ability to do better. In fact, sometimes we don't have the strength or the self-control um, or, or, or the, 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 uh, the power to even make a better decision. Uh, sometimes because of the emotions, we'll, we'll talk about in a second. But unless we evaluate, um, unless we st- step back... Um, all our current reality will do is, is show us a reflection of our, of our past choices. And we need to be able to say, how can I next time be better than last time? Well, you have to get advice. You have to get people around you that can help you on this journey. Every time somebody told me in life, slow down. Uh, don't go too fast into this. Slow down. Make sure you're ready for this. I never regret that. And every time I rushed into something because somebody put pressure on, um, I, I made a poor decision. In fact, that's the third myth. third myth is this, the time myth. Time is against me. Uh, the time myth is this, time is against me. And what's interesting is the younger you are, the more you believe that myth, um, which is kind of funny because the younger you are, the more time you have, right? And the older you are, you realize that it's actually not the truth. Um, but don't, don't you have this experience in life that whenever you're pressured into a decision, uh, typically it wasn't a very well thought out decision. I mean, that was just me, but whenever I was pressured into something, I look back and I think, man, if I would have only slowed down, I think I could have got a better deal on that car. I think I could have got a better deal on that house. I think I could have got a better deal on whatever. If I would have just slowed down, I probably would have maybe purchased that thing. Maybe I would have waited. I'd have been patient. And I try to teach my kids all the time because they're thinking, like, Dad, it's on sale right now. And I'm like, yes, I know, but it's only like $2 sale. Just wait a little bit more, and I think it will go down more. And we're trying to teach them just to slow down, right, to wait. Um, because when choices made in a rush usually are not well thought out. They're not, they're not because we're made, they're made out of something that's more of emotional, more of a feeling, not a well thought out. And when you see wise people, usually when they're making decisions, you, you see this. It's this natural thing they do. They slow down. They don't let people pressure them into it. They wait until they know that's the exact decision they're going to make. Why? Because they've made enough choices out of pressure to realize those don't usually end well. So I'm going to slow down. So here's the truth. Time is not against you. Time is your friend. Everybody say that with me. Time is my friend. Okay, say it like you believe it. Time is my friend. If some of you don't believe it, we're going to talk about that right now and what I mean by that. Because you feel pressure. Like, you don't understand. All the people around me, they're, they're at this stage in life, and they have that. Um, you know, kids growing up, now my, my kids are seeing other kids with cell phones, and they're like, you know, no, I, I got to get it. They have it. I have it. And I'm like, hey, you have plenty of time to own your own cell phone when you could afford it and pay for it, right? It's like, you, you, <laughs> time seems like it's your enemy, but really it's your friend. And we're going to help you figure all this out. Um, and, and here's the thing, if you really see that time is your friend, you'll actually slow down enough to make better choices in life. Uh, when we don't slow down, we get ourselves in situations that are not good. Because um, if, if, you're, if you're committed to living intentionally in life, you need to slow down. 
If you're if 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 you're not committed to wasting it, if you're if you're committed to wasting it, just make your decisions and go for it, because um, that's going to lead us to, to to bad choices. But here's the, here's the truth: tr- tr- uh, the truth. Whenever we make a poor choice, usually pain is associated with that choice. And whenever there's pain, all of us get off balance, and all of us get unhealthy in, in certain degrees. Right? Um, pain, physical pain. We get this when it comes to physical pain. Right? If you break your arm. And your arm is dangling off your, like, you know, it's no longer attached. Your bone is completely apart. You don't care anything about politics at that moment, right? You're not going to have a conversation about politics or about the economy or whatever. Pain, you have all this pain going on right now. All you can think about is the pain. You don't care about anybody else. And the greater the pain, the the greater your your self-absorption is. Like, you're all about yourself at that moment. That's not a bad thing because that's what pain does to us. It causes us to focus on the point that's hurting the most. Why? Because our body is telling us there's an issue here. You need to fix it. And we don't ignore that. We actually do something about it. Emotional pain is the exact same way. And the greater the emotional pain, the more self-absorbed we are. Uh, You've seen this. Maybe a friend or you know somebody, when they're going through something difficult, all they talk about is what? The thing that they're going through and how it's everybody's fault and all this stuff, right? Because that's that's what they're focused on. And so pain makes us self-absorbed. Pain makes us focus on only ourself and what we're feeling at the moment. And, and, and you have this conversation with somebody. They, they go on and on about their, you know, their dilemma, their problem. And then at the end of the conversation, they're like, oh, thank you so much. That was such a good conversation. And you're thinking like, I didn't say a single word, right? It's all about you because they have, to get, they have to filter through whatever's going on in their life. So pain, uh, like physical pain, emotional pain is always making us all uh, focus on ourself. And here's the truth about pain in ourself is, uh, when we're self-absorbed, self-absorbed people, they make self-absorbed decisions. Let me say that again. Self-absorbed people make self-absorbed decisions. So when you come out of a painful moment, whether it's a relationship, a job, whatever that is, if you're in pain, don't rush into the next thing because you're only going to make a decision out of the pain, out of the emotion, out of what you're feeling. And it takes a long time for all those emo- emotions and, and sometimes that pain to kind of simmer down enough for us to actually have a a really healthy thought about something, and so you don't rush in. Um, and so we have to deal with that. We have to work through that. And, and that's, that's part of what we do as a church. We're trying to t- help you say, what if you learn to deal with those things in a healthy way so you can become healthy so you can get to the next stage? See, in, in the premarital counseling, I'm trying to get both couples, to become, both individuals, to become healthy individuals so they can have a better chance of having a healthy marriage. Because when they're both unhealthy, you can't expect a healthy marriage. And when one's unhealthy, you can't expect to have a healthy marriage. So the whole point is saying, how can we get two people healthy? And my, my challenge for this series is, if you're not healthy, don't expect to make a healthy decision. And if you're hurt, hurting people, they hurt people, and hurting people make hurtful decisions, right? They make more, this could bring more hurt to their life. And if you look at the past, what you've been doing all along, if you don't change something drastically, you'll keep getting the same results. Um, but, but here's the thing I know about everybody in this room. At some point in your life, you're going to say, yeah, yeah, but that's true. I, I know what you're saying, but you don't understand my situation. Like, this, my situation is unique. No, no, you're unique, but your situation is not unique. Um, what you're going through, thousands, and I would say even hundreds of thousands of people have faced that exact same thing. And many of them have made it through to be better on the other side. And if we'll pause and learn from those people, we can actually become better through it. But if you don't, you're, you're, you're going to just keep repeating what you've, what you've been getting the whole time. In fact, in, in 1 Corinthians, Paul says it like this when it comes to um, our situations, all right? He says temptations in our life, difficulties, trials that come our way. Temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. No different. There's no difference. Whatever you face, somebody has also faced that. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. 
When you're tempted, he will show you a way out so you can endure. It's a key word, endure there. We're going to talk about that a little bit in a while, but he, he wanted us to learn how to be able to get through things. And Paul is saying, okay, you're unique, but your situation is not. And whatever you face, I have a different mic. Am I, am I cutting out? Somebody else has faced that same decision that you also have faced. Oh, that's got effects on it. So we can't. We have, we have to um, learn not to rush into the next de- decision, because um, somebody else has faced what you're facing. In fact, if if you'll slow down enough, if you'll ask the right questions, you hear things now. Uh, you'll be able to hear things later, what you can't hear right now. So if you slow down enough, when people are telling you things, you might not be able to hear it right now in the emotion. But if you slow down, you'll be able to hear those things later, and you'll realize, oh wow, they were they were they were right. They saw something I didn't see. Because um, we'll be able to hear that if we slow down. Because um, emotional pain is that same way. It, it numbs us. It, it causes us not to hear clearly others what they're what they're saying. Because all we're doing is focused on the pain. But others see what we don't see if we'll be, if we'll trust them to help us on this journey. And then the other thing is this: you'll be able to hear from people later that you can't hear from now. Uh, when we when we when we live this way by saying I'm going to slow down. I'm, I'm first. I'm going to even though I've had this experience, I'm going to evaluate it. And then, even though I have a little bit of knowledge about this, I need to ask somebody else how to help me navigate the next steps in here. And then, I'm not going to be in a rush to make the next decision. I'm going to slow down so I can be able to do this. Uh, throughout the Bible, one of the things I love about the Bible is God doesn't hide the flaws of the people he uses. Like, he picks flawed people, broken people, messy people. And in the middle of their stories, he still shows up. And he gives them not just one chance, but many times two chances and three chances and four chances, which I love about the scripture and about, about the Bible, about how God um, can redeem and God can use us no matter what our choices have been. In fact, some of the stories, some of the people we even celebrate, like Moses and David and Paul, if you look at their story, they didn't just show up, all of a sudden have everything work for them. It took some cases years. So the moment that, that God called Moses to, um, to begin to, to, to raise him up to be a leader in, in Israel, to free him, the people from Egypt, from slavery from Egypt, uh, from that moment until the time God used him, it was a 40-year gap. There's 40 years between God when God used him. And the reason was because the first time Moses tried taking his own hands, he ended up killing an Egyptian, had to leave the country because of that murder. And God used him despite that. And God says, I, I still have a plan for your life. I'm still going to use you in a great way. But it took time. And that span actually helped mature him and help him become the leader he could become. Uh, David, uh, from, in his season, there's these seasons of life where he messes up. And there's these, these gaps from eight years to 12 years where from the time God says you're going to be king until he becomes king. It doesn't just happen right away, but it's a process where God is, is, is maturing and helping him become something, somebody. Paul, uh, the, 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 the apostle that wrote, wrote most of the New Testament, uh, his story, there was moments in his life where he had a 14 years uh, span of, ha- uh, of having to wait um, between his seasons of life. And see, sometimes we think, well, yeah, that's just a long time. No, no, remember, time is your friend. It's going to help you mature. It's going to help you make better choices if you embrace it, if you slow down, if you wait. Um, and in fact, when you ask people who have been through, through difficult situations, they always will say, man, I, I wish it wouldn't happen, but I'll never trade that, those lessons for anything because now I'm a better person. I can see better. I can move forward with it. Um, and if we'll listen to them, we can avoid those same mistakes. But here's the thing we see in the Bible over and over. Whenever God uses somebody and, and, and they mess up the first time, they come and God uses them the second time. There's a couple of characteristics that we see over and over. One is there's a divine sense of destiny. Like there's this, this part of their life where they say, 
God has something bigger and better for my life. I want to be used by him. There's a strong sense of destiny. So people have gone through those, those, those seasons in life. They, they, they begin to see that. And the second thing is there's a sense of abiding humility, uh, abiding sense of humility where they're, they're, they just know that they're not perfect and they know that, that despite their mistakes in the past, God is still using them. And we see this humility at work in their lives because now they realize, wow, there's all this learning that I've done. Now can I help others? Because um, here's the, tr- the, the truth. All of us are going to start over at some point. Um, why don't we learn to start right this, this month, today? Why don't we start to say, how can I get better this time? Because the truth is, round one, when we make the first decisions, or whatever that decision is, it's usually about us. Round one is always about us, our feelings, what we think, going through that. And then round two, if we're wise, we'll make it about saying, what can I learn from the past so I can move forward? Um, don't, don't rush into round one. If you're not there yet, don't ever rush into that. Let people guide you and help you on the journey that have been there. Because um, it's not... And life is not about being perfect. God doesn't expect us to be perfect. It's messy. But in this, he's saying, if you allow me to lead you, you'll be able to make better choices. You don't have so much pain in your life. You'll, be able to, you'll, you'll make sure that next time can be better than last time. And I know, this one I know about every single one of us. We all wish and hope that next time will be better than last time. Here's the truth. It can be. Um, it can be. If, if you'll slow down, if you'll evaluate, and if you'll get others to help you on this journey, you'll be able to make better choices in this um so just make room for god to lead in fact paul tells us in romans uh, one of my favorite verses in the bible this is what paul says about god he says this that we know in all things so we know in all things so paul starts off with a statement that i'm about to read by saying and we know the reason he can say we know is because he's walked he's walked that path of knowing of, of testing of going through difficulties and he looks back and says trust me we know that in all things all circumstances whatever we faced good bad in all things, God can do something. In fact, it says that in all things, God, he works. So this whole journey that Paul was on, he's looking back saying, we know, I know, because God is at work. He's in this, in this season of unknown, the seasons of pain, seasons of poor decisions. God is still at work. And we can actually learn from that and move forward if we'll allow him. In all things, God works. And he goes on and says this, for the good of those who love him. So for us that are um, trying to follow Christ and saying, I, I, want, I want Christ to lead, um, being a Christian means of following his lead. Essentially, we're saying, uh, God, we want you to work all things for our good. And, and, and here's the thing about God. It's for our good. He has your best in mind. When he's leading on this journey, he's actually saying, I have something better for you if you'll just trust me, if you'll slow down, if you'll let me lead you. In fact, this is why he sent his son Jesus on that cross, to give us a better future, a better way. If we'll follow his lead, he's saying, I'll help you on this journey. It's to give you something, not to get something from you. I want to help you on this journey. And he goes on and says this. So he's saying, we know all things work together uh, for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And that key word, that word at the bottom is, is so, so crucial, purpose. So God is up to something. He's at work. And in all things, he'll lead us to his purpose if, if we're open, if we don't rush the process, if we slow down, if we don't just say, I, I know better, therefore I'm going to do better. Um, I, I have the experience, therefore I'm going to make a better choice. Um, time is my enemy, so I've got to be in a rush here. I'm just going to ignore the advice. No, if we'll slow down, he'll actually, he'll actually lead us in his purpose. And he'll help us to do that. In fact, if you have some bad choices on this part of life where you made some poor choices, even that, God can redeem. And he can bring, he can bring some purpose out of the pain that you faced. And sometimes it's for you, but a lot of times it's for other people. Like you've gone through a very painful season. God is saying, I want to help you learn from that so you can help others not have to ever go through that season. And that's one of the things I love about God. He's always saying, I want to take your pain and I want to repurpose it for something good if 
you'll let me help you on this. If you'll, if you'll create space, if you'll let me use all these things to work in your life, you'll add value, I'll add value to you, and then you'll add value to others. And that's what God is saying in, in, in throughout Scripture, I believe he's saying is this, let's redeem what's happened so we can make something good out of it. And then for you who have made decisions, why don't you enter into the next season, the next step with wisdom, with counsel, with people helping you on this journey. Because there's purpose in your pain if you allow God to use to, if you learn from it and you don't rush. Because here's the truth. Next time, it can be better than last time. Not because you want it to. Not because you hope for it to. Not because you know better, but because you plan for it to be. So if you want next time to be better than last time, you have to plan for it to be. So in this room, whether you're starting over in a relationship or a job, whatever that is, or maybe you're in this room and you're saying, and I need some better in my life. Like I'm tired of the average. I'm tired of the status quo. I'm tired of just going week by week, day by day. I want better. Well, these principles would also be for you to say, what if tomorrow is better than today? What if next week is better than last week? What if this year is better than last year? Well, if you begin to do these, these principles we'll talk about, you'll begin to see that you can have better in every day of your life. And if you'll slow down just enough to, to reflect and say, what, when will I learn and what will I learn from this? And you'll get people around you to help you see what you don't see and you won't rush into things. You'll begin to see that you make wiser choices because you have counsel, you have experience, you have evaluated experience that's helping you make better choices. Uh, but here's the thing, better it starts with you and it starts with me. It's a decision we make. You have to plan for it. It doesn't happen on accident. Uh, in fact, this uh, last week, Sincerity and myself, uh, we went to a, a conference, uh, a church planning conference, and uh, we went. I learned a ton. I sat in some classes, learned some great, great tools and some great uh, theories and ideas. Uh, that's what I would have learned about myself, all right? It's, I can go somewhere and soak in and learn all these things, but if I don't have a plan how to begin to use those things, it all just goes away. I have notebooks and books in my office, and if you ask me at certain conferences, I'll be like, it was a great conference. Well, what did I take away? Well, I didn't really have a plan to put it in. So what I, every time I go to a conference, not only do I have to take the notes, but when I get home, I need then to say, okay, here's what I learned. How am I going to implement this? What am I going to do with this information now? And if I don't have a plan, it might have benefited me a little, but it's not really going to impact my life. But those times where I put it into action, a plan in place, I begin to live it out, begin to walk it out. I can see the improvements pretty pretty quickly because I'm beginning to, to practice it and live it out. So I guess I'm saying this to challenge you. When you come when you come on Sunday mornings, don't come just to say like, oh, I'm going to laugh, I'm going to learn something new. But the really question is, what are you going to do with this information you just got to be able to translate it into a better you, into a better future, and a better, into a better week? Because our heart really is this, and I would say God's heart throughout scriptures is how can you go, become a better you all every single day? How can you go from, from one level of where you're at to another level? The uh, Bible says that we go from glory to glory. Like we're letting God lead us on this journey of becoming more like him. We're, we're letting him lead us on the journey so we can become used by him for his purposes. But it's a choice that we have to make. Not just to hear, not just to sit, not just take it in, but begin to do something with it. So what are you going to do with it? You have to walk slow. slower walk, walk a little slower. Begin to discover what's driving your, 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 your decisions and why. And you have to be really intentional saying, how can I help let others help me on this journey? Because every time I get others to help me on this journey, I make way better choices because I'm, I'm trusting them. They're, they're seeing something I don't see. Um, in fact, the Grove, uh, we just celebrated four years last Sunday, which is awesome, four years. Um, if I didn't take somebody's advice, it wouldn't be the Grove, and it would be something completely different, and it wouldn't be anything near what it is today. 
uh, because I wasn't ready for it. I was inexperienced, and, and I needed some experience. And I needed some mentoring because I, I listened to somebody that said, hey, don't rush. Don't rush into this process. Slow down and wait. And I waited five years, and I look back, and I say, I'm so, so glad that I didn't rush into something because of emotion because there was a part of me that says, oh, yeah, I know better than you. How old are you? And how old? You know, I have energy. I'm ready to go. But because I didn't do that, I made a better choice with my life. And my, my challenge for you is just slow down. Time is your friend. Don't be in a rush. Learn to trust God as he leads you. Uh, learn to pray and seek him on all these things, and he'll begin to lead you on this journey. Uh, so today, as we wrap it up, here's my challenge for you to this week. All right, my challenge is this. As you start this week off, what, what do you need to do this week, today, to make this week better than last week? And, and what, if you're in a new, new situation, a work relationship, what do you need to do to ensure that this relationship this new opportunity at work, whatever it is, is going to be better than last time. Because if you don't have a plan, you can just look backwards, and it's going to be a reflection of what you've already done in the past. But if you have a plan, you get people to help you on this journey, you'll begin to make better choices, and you begin to see, wow, my future, my tomorrow is actually looking a lot better than my yesterday because I'm learning from the past so I can make a better choice, better decisions in the future. So this week, what do you need to do to ensure that next time, that this week, that this Monday is going to be better than last Monday. Hey, those mugs help, right? They encourage you to have a great Monday. But what else? What else can you do on this journey? Small groups are starting up. What if you met with a group of people on a weekly basis and you talked about this kind of stuff? And you, you, at some point you got really enough to say, hey, guys, I'm going to remove the mask. I'm going to let you know what's really going on. I guarantee if you begin to do that, you'll begin to see life change happen because you're going to be honest about what's going on. And through all those stories of people in the Bible, that's what it took for them to be honest so they can have humility, so they can be, begin to say, I'm, I don't have it all together. I need help. And the moment that we let humility lead us, we actually begin to make better choices. So whatever you're facing, all of that is to help us become better, not to make us bitter, not to make us worse. And if we'll embrace it, God will lead us on this journey. Uh, so do, do me a favor. Um, we're going to close our service off. And, uh, I'm going to have you close your eyes and back again. But if you're here today, as I'm talking about this, you're in a season of life where you know that it's not going well for you. In fact, you, it's, it's probably going really bad uh, because when we don't follow God's ways, usually that's what it leads to. The Bible says it like this, that all of us have gone our own way. Like we're walking down this path and we're following our own desires, our own choices, and, and we know that they're leading us away from God's best. It's a selfish choice. It's about us. And, and, and you're, you know you're on that road because things just don't work. Um, and God is inviting you to turn, down, turn around and go his way. The Bible says the word called repentance, that when you're, Walking away from him, if you'll stop and do a U-turn and come back to him, he'll lead you on a better path. And some of us in this room today, we're going down the wrong path in our lives, in different relationships, different choices we're making. And today God is saying, would you stop? Would you turn around? Would you return to me? And there's some people in this room that need to make that decision today. And I'd love to give you an opportunity to, uh, you know, we're talking about starting over. This is what the Bible calls starting over. It's where we're saying, it's all about me. And we stop, we pause, and we say, God, I'm, I'm going to return to you. I'm going to Go back to your way. And today, some of you in this room, you need to have a fresh start today. See, the Bible says, Paul says that, that when we're in Christ, we become a new creation. It's a, it's a cool language that he's saying that we have a new start, a fresh start. Wouldn't it be cool today that all your past that you've been dragging with you, that today would be a day that you say, no more. I'm going to start new. I'm going to start fresh. I'm going to trust God to lead me on this journey. Can you imagine the freedom? Just imagine with me all that freedom you're leaving by saying, no more. I'm not going to return to what's not working. I'm not going to continue going in my life. I'm going to say yes to God and go his way. That's what it means to be a Christ follower. 
or say no to those things and yes to everything God has for us? Wouldn't today be a great day for some of us to say yes to God and no to all those things? That's what starting over means for us as Christians. We're saying, God, I need your help. So today, would you do me a favor? Close your eyes and bow your heads. I'm going to give you an opportunity for those in this room that would acknowledge and say, that's me. I'm going the wrong direction. I need God's help. I'm not going to call you to the front. Just lead you in a prayer right there in your seat. But if that's you, would you let me know you're here by lifting your hand? Right in your seat. Awesome. I see your hands. A few hands. Anybody else? God, that's me. Awesome. More opportunity. Anybody else? Awesome. I see your hands. So good. Send to this prayer just saying, God, forgive me for that. My past, lead me into the future. God, help me have a new start. The Bible says that if we come with humility to God, he hears our prayers. He embraces us. And if we come and we say, God, forgive me, he forgives us. If we acknowledge of his sacrifice and his lordship and we let him lead, he leads. So today, for all you that, that raised your hand, would you pray this prayer with me? And if you're a Christ follower, if you're a Christian in this room, would you pray with us so they're not praying alone? Say this prayer with me. Say, Father God, today... I acknowledge that I need your help. I acknowledge that I've gone the wrong way. Forgive me of my past. Forgive me of my sins. Lead me into a new relationship, a new start with you. I believe you sent Jesus, your son, to die on that cross in my place so I could have freedom, so I could have life. Come into my life. Lead me from this day forward. I put my trust in you. Be God in my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on, church, let's celebrate those that raised their hand and pray that prayer today.